So, ma'am, thanks for joining us today on Leadership Log, which is a podcast for the Air Force Lifecycle Management Center community on topics of interest. And the topic of interest today is learning about the uh, map of lactation centers or pods at Robbins um, that you helped develop. And so, uh, so ma'am, if you could just introduce yourself to the audience, give us a little bit of your career background, um, and, uh, and we'll take it from there. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. My name is Megan Kane, and I've been working for the Air Force for about 10 years. I spent about four years with F-15s, working F-15 structures, then about four years with Commodities Maintenance Group at Robbins. And most recently, I've been part of the Armament Sustainment Group at Robbins. So my entire, entire Air Force career has been at Robbins. Um, in regards to the women's initiative team at Robbins, I joined them in May of 2021. And I got the idea after attending the first Women Air and Space Power Symposium. Uh, so explain a little bit about the women's initiative team. What is, what is that? Uh, how, many, how many members do you have there at Robbins? Is it, is it only at Robbins or is it other bases? Uh, give us a little background on that. There is a Air Force Women's Initiative team, and that's been around for a while now. I can't give you the exact date. I think it's 2008. Um, so they've been around, and they're the ones that have changed a lot of those recent uh, those recent updates to the hair regulations. Um, implementing maternity uniforms, things like that. So they're doing stuff at the Air Force level. And more recently, installations have been starting their own. They're calling them women's initiative teams. And it basically, it's the same idea. You take a barrier and analysis working group, which is what the WIT is, and do it at the base level. So things that are a little more specific to our base, we're able to address at our level. That's great. Um, so. Uh, Help us understand a little bit. So one of the initiatives was, was these uh, lactation pods. Um, can you explain a little bit about those? So the Air Force has recently turned in some regulations to regulate how the lactation rooms are set up and what needs to be in them. Originally, there was a memo that went out in 2019. There was updated in 2020. And most recently in August, 2021, we got our first Air Force instruction, which is AFI 36-3013. It's only 12 pages, so it's not that long of a read, um, but it goes over what you need to put in a lactation room and how who's responsible for setting it up, taking care of it, all of that. Um, just to give you a highlights version of what's required for a room, they have to be able to lock from the inside, have comfortable temperatures, adequate lighting, proper ventilation and electrical outlets. And when it comes to equipping the room, really all that's needed is comfortable seating and a table or flat surface other than the floor. So if you're in an office environment, you probably have a space like that in your area already. Um, Robbins has been slowly adding rooms and it's been very ad hoc from what, at least in my area. So when someone needed a room, then a room was set up. And this is the first time we've collected all of the room data 
for the base. And we ended up with having more than 40 rooms on the base, which was great. I think we're head, heading in the right direction. Okay, and so now we've talked about rooms and I mentioned pods. So, um, so it could be just an existing room within a building, correct? That meets those right. characteristics or the pod is like a kind of a ready-made uh, thing that's like an insert, like a box of, is that correct? Or right. am I grabbing uh, it right? Or? Right, the, the, the main pods that you'll see out there are from a company called Mama Va. Uh, you might have seen them in airports. That's a big place where they have them. And the big um, benefit to them is as long as you have the space to hold it, all you need to do is plug it into the wall to give it the power for lighting. It has a way to coordinate use, uh, getting access to the room. So if you have the space and the money to buy it, of course, then that's a good route to go if you don't have the CE um, the, uh, if CE can't build a room for you. Right, right. Um, and so you, you mentioned it, Robbins, you've got like 40 such of these rooms now. Um, so with that, uh, you need to advise people or let people know about the availability, correct? So um, is, that, is that what led to kind of the map that you were, that you were talking about? Right, so I was, um, my journey through using lactation rooms and all of that was February 2019 to 2020, so before pandemic times. And my first real need for uh, finding lactation rooms was actually I was going on a trip to Europe and I had to find rooms where I could be away from public to to pump and Mama Ba actually has an app where you can search any area and it'll tell you where lactation rooms are in that airport or that building. So you can go on there, find where the rooms are and then you know where you're going before you get there, which is helpful, it relieves stress. So that was my first inspiration for doing something for Air Force because the Mama Va app is more so for public access rooms. Yeah. There was a second idea that came up on Spark Tank or one of those similar platforms uh, from a active duty person at Robbins. Her name is Major Busy. And she had mentioned the idea of having some, like a a PDF Robbins Air Force Base lactation room map. So I combined those two ideas to build our map. There was also some inconsistencies when we were doing our surveys to find all of the rooms. We first went out to all of our facility managers and I would see some facility managers for the same building giving different answers for our questions on if there was or wasn't a lactation room. So it seemed that units weren't necessarily communicating together and the map gave an option for, for the units to see that yes, there is a room in this part of the building. Maybe we can work together 
and share resources. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time, at least right now, before this map, there's a scarcity mindset set. We thought there was maybe one, two. We only knew about our lactation room, our personal one. So this shows that the units, that there's more out there than they thought. And it, it gives us a chance to work together. Yeah, so I mean, I could, uh, so, it, you know, initially you were talking about kind of an ad hoc system. So a member of the unit says, hey, I need to, I need to use this, uh, a room like this. And so the organization sets one up and that's all well and good in your normal work center. But what if you go to meetings in other buildings or something like that and you, and you have to need, because this, this can occur, correct? I mean, for, for a woman who sometimes might be out someplace else and have the need to uh, to pump, is that correct or? Right, that that's happened. Um, I know of at least one, one story where they were having a conference in our general Robbins Conference Center, uh, individual needed a lactation room. She was planning on going back to her office to do that, come back, um, but all that transportation time to do that, she was gonna be yeah. missing out into parts of the conference or missing out on her lunchtime, one of the two. And they looked on the map and they saw there was a lactation room in that building. So she was able to use that and cut out all that, that travel time and um, that added stress of trying to find a place to use the room. And the same goes for any sort of trainings. Mm -hmm. and, and plus if a facility is on that map, then you know that it meets the standards like you were talking about before, you know, for it's clean and it's comfortable ventilation, it's got electricity, it's got the things that you need, you know, it's not just, you know, you're not just going to find a room in the back corner of the building someplace. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and of course, too, I mean, it's all well and good to, to have 40, 40 facilities on base or 40 options on base, but if nobody knows where they're at, then, then it's not really that helpful, is it? Exactly. And it can be, um, it can be kind of a downer if you build this room and then it's just sitting there empty. So we really want people to know they're there. I mean, the only people that are going to be using it are the people that need it. Yeah. So let people know they're available and, and, uh, work with the other units and, and both keep building. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, now we've been talking up to this point of uh, specifically about Robbins. That's of course where you're at, uh, but there's other LCMC bases that are involved in this. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, so Robbins, we were the first ones to build the map, but then uh, Hill and Tinker came to ask our uh, wit what we were doing in terms of lactation rooms. And I told them about the map we were building. Um, they loved the idea and now they're building a map for their bases as well. So the goal really is an Air Force wide system. Right now we're using AFMC portal, which is an existing software that civil engineering uses. Um, so, so far we really haven't spent any money on this, yeah. um, but mm -hmm. it's definitely proved the concept and proved that it's something that people 
want and need. And there's all those benefits with the TDYs and trainings that if we had something that it was integrated, I'm going to Hill, I'm going to Tinker, and I'm going to be in this building. Is there a place that I could use? And who do I talk to to get access? Yeah. Um, right now, it could be more integrated. So we, we have room for improvement. Um, we do have a room index on Air Force Connect on our Robin section of Air Force Connect under resources um, for when someone's on the go, they didn't, they either don't have access to the digital map or they just don't have access to a cap computer right now. So mm -hmm. you can go into that index and find a POC still. Yeah, I, I would imagine the Air Force Connect, um, since it does, it is used by most uh, most bases, uh, would be a good opportunity to, to put that in there if you could build it into that somehow or another so that people can know. Um, because of course, one one unique thing about AF, uh, AFLCMC is that we have people belong to program offices and these program offices are sometimes split amongst different bases, okay? Mm -hmm. And so you might have one element of the program office at at Hill and another element at Robbins, which means that ultimately you have a lot of TDYs between those two bases, you know? So, so knowing about those within the organization is really important. If you're gonna be TDY to Robbins for a week, you know, and you've never been there, you know, that, that takes one, one worry out of your mind, correct? Right. And I was thinking exercises too. So places like Nellis, the places that have big exercises, maybe they mm -hmm. could also benefit from something similar. Uh, so help us, you know, for those of us who who don't know much about or woefully ignorant of of the need to um, to pump and and to do that, um, help us understand and get a little bit of a sense of, of what that's like, what it's like going through that. What you know, what are the physical kind of requirements? Um, yeah. So I'm not an expert, but the the two main things that lactation rooms help with is you need consistency and you need to not be stressed. Uh, it's a very much supply and demand system. You need to, you need to make your body at least think a baby's feeding uh, through pumping at a consistent rate. So your body knows to make the milk for next time. If you're not doing it throughout the day, your body's going to say, I guess I don't need to make milk right now. And then you run out, uh, the supply will dwindle, which is why the consistency and not being stressed is important. Um, being more relaxed also helps with the hormones that are required for the whole system to work. Um, if you can't pump, it can, it can really hurt. It can cause infections. Um, if those infections get bad enough, it turns into flu-like symptoms. So you get fever, you get achy. So it's important to keep that, it's important to keep that consistent schedule of pumping however many hours in between. So usually two or three times during the, during the work day and then you go home and take care of your baby, however you do. Um, the, the only way in terms of finding the rooms I could think of was Imagine you were on a really long flight on an airplane. You didn't want to use that bathroom on the airplane because who does? 
<laughs> and you get out, you finally get out of the airplane to look for a bathroom and there are no signs for the bathroom. You ask the lady at the desk or whoever's the clerk at the desk and they don't, they've never needed to go to the bathroom. They don't know where that place is. And you go through three or four people until you finally find someone that knows where it is. And then it's two doors like in some back, back behind where you would never find it unless you were looking for it. So that's kind of the challenges of finding a room if you're not in a place that's familiar to you because you'll know where your standard one is, but if you're out and about or you're TDY training, then this is where it helps to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and I have a little bit of a story of my own experience sure. in terms of how the stress and so you need consistency and you need to not be stressed. And I had a supportive job boss when I returned from, from my maternity leave. Um, but we didn't have a place set up for me. So for those first few days, I used her office. Uh, we put up some plotter paper in all the windows. And luckily, uh, one of the other bosses in the area uh, was moving to another job. So then I was able to use that next office. But then mm -hmm. his replacement came in and I had to move again and again someone else was leaving and I was able to use their office, but I did that three times. So there were three times that I had to move. I knew when I had to move, but I didn't know where I was going next. Right. Which is not relaxing. Yes. <laughs> so finally, finally that last time we were able to clear out a decent sized closet area. Uh, make it a little nicer than it was, put in the table, put in the plug, all of that. And now I had a spot that I knew wasn't going to get taken over. And that was just a weight lifted off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. But the real telling part of that is about a week later, I was asked if two other people could use that, use that room. Of course I said, yes. But where were they going before that? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and, and you're right. I mean, it's a real quality of life thing, isn't it? I mean, um, and, and I can see the challenge getting a little bit bigger because, you know, more and more organizations are going to like a lot of hoteling space and things like that. And so private offices are getting to be a little bit rarer um, from time to time. So having a dedicated place, you know, is really something that organizations need to think about and plan for, correct? I mean. Right, I, I think it's better to think about it before you need it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, granted, so, I mean, a lot of people are still teleworking and, 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 that's, right. and that's fine, but, but you know, a lot of people are coming back into offices. And so, um, so it's something that we need to consider and be prepared for. Right, so. What I recommend is at least think about it. Um, people, uh, we, we are in a transition, but remember that people also, you, you think you're gonna have all this time to prepare 
for a lactation room. You know the person's pregnant, you know they're gonna go on maternity leave. But what about all those people that are PCSing, they're changing jobs, maybe someone just starts a new job and they have a three month old. They might need that lactation room as soon as they start work. Um, so to relieve that um, rushing and just finding the best corner you could find, it's better to try and find that lactation room area now and maybe it doesn't need to be used. But you could look it over, maybe clear out that one filing cabinet that doesn't need to be in there, add a plug and whatever else you might need that takes some time for, through CE and then just put a label on it, say standby lactation room. If you ever need this, contact this person. And then it's gonna take a lot less time and effort to get that ready for someone that needs it. Yeah, get, yeah, get ahead of the need. I mean, you know, to make sure that you're prepared for it. Right. Like, yeah. Because obviously um, another, another aspect is, you know, as we push more for more inclusion and diversity in the workforce, you know, more and more women are joining the Air Force, more and more women are being hired by the organizations. And so, so the need is only going to get larger as we go forward. Right, and, and right now, in terms of demographics, there's about 30% of civilians are female, a little over 20% of active duty are female. And I haven't been able to find any DOD uh, regulations or guidance on this, but the American Institute of Architects recommends one lactation room per 100 female, females. Mm -hmm. And your mileage, mileage may vary depending on the age of your workforce. But I, I feel like that's a good starting point to, if you know how many people in your office are gonna be coming in every day, then you kind of can get a general idea of an average number of lactation rooms you would need in either your area or your building. So, I mean, we've been talking about lactation rooms and I mean, that's the topic that we were gonna to discuss today, but really, I mean, this is about a topic, your involvement helping to kind of build this map, you know, is really a sense of service before self. It's a, it's a way to get involved and help solve a problem that, that it's gonna benefit you in the short term, but benefit many other people in the longer term. Um, so uh, the, the women's initiative team is, um, this is just one of their initiatives. I mean, there's other things that people are looking at as well, right? Right. Um, so the Air Force Women's Initiative team has a multitude of lines of effort. They have a, a SharePoint where they list out everything that they're working on, but it goes from childcare, maternity. Um, I don't have that list in front of me, but they're, they're working on a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. So if you're in an organization, um, it, you know, maybe at Wright Pat or one of the other installations within, uh, you know, particularly within AFL-CMC or other organizations within the Air Force, and you want to get involved in something like this, um, where, where do you think people should reach out? Should they, should they reach out to the Air Force's overall uh, WIT or, or where should they kind of try and get started? If the Women's Initiative team resonates with someone, they do have a Facebook group that uh, they do a few questions, what's your email address and all that, but mm -hmm. it's a, it's a open, it's a private group, but they're very 
open to conversations. Um, and that's how I found our Robbins Women's Initiative team. I had looked in a few other places and then I went on there and said, hi, I'm at Robbins Air Force Base. Anyone else here uh, that is doing doing any anything for Robbins in terms of WIT? And I was able to connect with them that way. Um, the other barriers, barrier analysis working groups, there's a lot of them. There's the best, the heat, black American, um, Hispanic, and there's a few, there's, I think it's seven of them. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's, for all of the various special interests, there's an Air Force level, and in a lot of cases, there's a base level uh, working group. And they could likely do the same thing, go to the that Air Force level Facebook group and get connected through there. And, and it's a great way to get involved and, and help solve real problems that people are actually dealing with. Right. When I went to that symposium, and I have another helicopter. Mm -hmm. oh, sorry. When, when I went to the symposium, that was my first time seeing people that weren't necessarily bosses, but they were still making big changes in the Air Force. Yeah. So my my best piece of advice is if you have something that you've seen remember even if you're junior workforce your opinion and your experience matters and you can make a difference yeah so so ma'am this pretty much brings us to the end of our time but is there anything that i forgot to ask you about or anything that you'd like to add or reiterate i think that covers most of it the the last thing, if anyone wants to email me, I'm megan.kane at us.af.mil. Um, and for our Robin's Wit, we have a, a distro email. Uh, the easiest way is to search Team Robin's on Global, but it's the 78abw.womensteamleads at us.af.mil. And we'll make sure that we put those uh, email addresses in the show notes so that people can find them easily. Thanks. All right, ma'am. Again, thanks for helping us understand and educating us about this topic and, uh, and ways to get involved. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you.